0: Hi everybody, Cheryl Atkison here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Atkinson Podcast. Attorney Richard Roth is suing the CIA for allegedly spying on people who visited WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange while in custody. Today we report on that also an update on the impending extradition of Assange from the UK to the US to face criminal charges for publishing documents the government wanted kept hidden. Why is Assange being targeted? Has the U.S. government weaponized its power for political purposes? And what's his defense? What a fascinating story, the story of Julian Assange is. And more than eight years now since he's been in the spotlight, his story is still far from over. He was originally heralded by many of the same who criticize him now. Back then, heralded as sort of a hero, a new breed of journalist doing the job that Traditional journalists were beginning to turn their backs on, exposing corruption and wrongdoing inside federal agencies, among other things. But when the documents Assange posted on WikiLeaks embarrassed the 2016 Hillary Clinton campaign for president, and with the fallout likely serving to help get Donald Trump elected, Assange was transformed magically into public enemy number one, at least by some government intel operators, politicians, and anti-Trump figures. Today, New York attorney Richard Roth is going to give us the background on all of this, as well as the latest on his unique case, where he's suing the CIA for allegedly spying on people who visited Assange while he was in custody. If true, it's an outrage that equals so many we've learned about in the past two decades, with federal agencies improperly spying on Americans, seemingly losing sight of their mission to serve us, the American public. Here's Richard Roth. A lot of people who will be listening today know something about Julian Assange or maybe have heard the name, but it's been long enough that a lot of people won't know the background. If sure. you could start with just a paragraph, who is Julian Assange? Before we dig in, what would you say is an overview?
1: Julian Assange is a. Uh, it's a complicated. He's a complicated character. It's a complicated story, but to simplify it. He is an Australian resident who was um, wrongfully accused of inappropriate conduct in, I believe it was Switzerland, and as a result, went to the um, embassy in London to essentially seek asylum from being sent to Switzerland. His business is WikiLeaks, and WikiLeaks is a publication, no different than the New York Times, Fox News, CNN, which obtains information and publishes it. And while he was in the asylum in, in, in the Ecuadorian embassy in asylum in England, the US um, started uh, poking at him and had a sealed indictment to extradite him back to the US to try him for assen- under essentially the Espionage Act. Uh, that is pending. Um, the Ecuadorians actually physically removed him from the embassy approximately two years ago and he has been sitting in the Belmarsh uh, Maximum Security Prison in London, awaiting a decision um, and proceedings on his extradition. So, Julian Assange is really the leader of a company called WikiLeaks, which essentially is in the publishing business. And for that, he is allegedly being accused of inappropriate conduct and could very well be tried in the US.
0: All right, let's take it bit by bit, starting back some years ago. When WikiLeaks was new and this novel idea, I know you say it's no different than the New York Times, but the difference to me is not in terms of what it's defined legally, but it was a repository for information that people would leak or give to WikiLeaks from maybe government agencies, maybe exposing some wrongdoing or whatnot. And without editorial comment, he would, he would verify and then post these documents. Is that right?
1: Yes, he would uh, take information that he, that, well, he, the entity, would take information received by whatever source and publish it. And the reason why I call him a publisher is that yes, maybe procedurally there's a distinction, but at the end of the day, um, it's no different than the New York Times who got the Pentagon Papers and published it. The New York Times that got a hold of Donald Trump's uh, tax returns and published it. They are not, they and, and he are not in the stealing business. They are in the receiving business. And quite frankly, it's not only um, the right but the obligation of the press, many would argue, to be able to publish for trans full transparency. So while the process may be a little different, you're right, it was sort of a re- it was a repository to put information. Um, It is essentially another form of investigatory reporting.
0: And we'll explain why that's so important, the definition, in a few minutes. But um, can you explain some of the first gets or things that Julian Assange or WikiLeaks did or had before the left, in particular, thought he was so controversial? He He was warmly welcomed and regarded for some period of time, if my memory serves me correct
1: yeah uh, he was essentially uh there were um an individual by the name of um mr snowden um essentially was working at the nsa and nsa and did allegedly take information and deposit it in wikileaks um so he was essentially linked to uh mr snowden and then to chelsea Manning, who at the time uh became a female became chelsea um who also um took information from the NSA, and put it in WikiLeaks. And those two people were allegedly, one of them was proven to be um, guilty of stealing government secrets. He's on the other end of that wall, though. And so he was essentially deemed to have been in, for lack of a better word, in bed with Snowden and and Manning um, for um, releasing the information, which was improperly taken.
0: Now, the information was in some instances, very important and stunning information that I'll tell you my view as a journalist deserve to be heard and seen because it exposed things such as the government's long denied massive surveillance program on American citizens, exactly how some of this mass surveillance was being conducted. I mean, it was really groundbreaking stuff. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I was always taught as a journalist, you're allowed to publish and receive documents even if they're stolen, if you didn't encourage the stealing or take part in the stealing. In other words, you have some protection under the law for getting documents that someone may have not taken, may have done something wrong when they took them. Is that
1: still true? Oh, you are 100% correct. And that's why this 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 pursuit of Mr. Assange in the US is very scary. It's scary to reporters. It's scary to anyone who's a journalist. Um, The a couple of months ago, there was a, a big article written by five of the major newspapers in the world, including the New York Times, including El Pais, saying, what are we doing here? Because if all he did was publish information he received, then where's the crime? And unfortunately, that's what he's being, uh, that's what the indictment claims he's going to be tried for. And if he isn't extradited, and that will most likely happen in the spring, uh, there will be an, I, I believe there'll be an outcrying of support for him because what he did is no different than what you were taught when you first entered the journalistic world. Uh, you are obligated to show things that so long as you didn't weren't, weren't encouraging or weren't stealing the information. you're obligated to show to enlighten the public as the information you have. There's always a press government conflict but so long as the press stays on the right side of the line on, on, on one side of the line, then there there should be no extradition. There should be no indictment and no trial for someone who essentially uh, uh, let out information that they obtained. And that's the scary thing about this whole uh, Julian Assange controversy.
0: Well, here's where we should maybe mention how my analysis, under my analysis, how Julian Assange fell out of favor with people who formerly may have supported what he did. And I think that was during the time period when he became a Wikileaks became a repository for documents from the twenty sixteen presidential campaign from the Democrat National Committee, somebody got internal documents and emails. They were published on WikiLeaks, and they were very embarrassing for the democrat National Democratic National Committee as well as the Hillary Clinton campaign because among other things, they exposed a lot of really you know unethical and questionable behavior and emails. But they showed that the party was favoring Hillary Clinton in ways many would think would be unfair over Bernie Sanders and other candidates. And there was just a whole, there were a whole lot of things in there. I think about the Clinton Foundation, other scandals and possible, maybe even allegations of wrongdoing and things like that. And at that point he became, I think, more of a target. Is that your take as well?
1: I think that's right. I think many uh, blame him for Trump being um, elected, and uh, it's it's interesting because yes, he did get a he was provided again provided didn't hack wasn't involved in in any way in any subterfuge. He was provided information regarding democratic the Democrats and Democrat National Convention and mentioned, how the Democrats wanted to essentially bury um proverbially bury not literally bury Bernie Sanders. And have Hillary um, run because they thought that was she was the only candidate that can really compete with Trump. So there was a lot of um, scandalous information that he did uncover. And and what's what's upsetting about it is so the Democrats don't like him for that reason. But, but what's upsetting about it is that the Republicans under Trump, Mike Pompeo, which is the basis of our lawsuit, which we'll get to. Mike Pompeo, when he first became the director of the CIA, pronounced that he wanted to nail Assange and that he was a non-state violent terrorist or some crazy term. And so now you have the Republicans that are after him for uh, who knows what. So well, I would what, I would argue
0: these are a lot of the Republicans. This is, you know, maybe an aside. A lot of the Republicans are along with the Democrats and not liking Donald Trump. So they have a common foe and a common reason to dislike assange if they felt he helped get trump elected that's just my take
1: no i, I think you're right I, it's hard to explain I, I that's the only that is the most logical explanation that they um side with the democrats and they don't want someone out there revealing information that that was disclosed so yeah i i, I hear you um pompeo came down very hard on him pompeo is the one that um edited changed the indictment unsealed the indictment and essentially Um, It's been it was disclosed a couple of years ago, essentially let it be known that they want to bring him back in Virginia and they want to try him under the Espionage Act for um, wrongs allegedly committed in releasing this information. And so, yeah, there's a lot of people that are um, anti-Assange. But if you if you roll it back, uh, this is there's no bigger First Amendment issue than freedom of the press. And 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 and. Again, so long as Assange is not involved in any criminality, uh, the New York Times is not involved in any criminality, Fox News is criminality, then they have an obligation to show the world what the country is doing, what the military is doing, what different countries are doing. And that's the scary part of it, is that this is an attempt to stifle the news.
0: But he's. I guess the government is arguing or has argued he's not a member of the press. Is that right?
1: Uh, there, they, 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 yes, the government is trying to put him in his own category, but at the end of the day, information comes in, and information is then published. How is that not a member of the press? It's not a formal company, but a formal newspaper magazine. But you can go online and get WikiLeaks information. So uh, I, I would, I would submit, and a lot of people support it that it is a member of the press. It is a member. It's no different. Than than all the all the sources that uh, provide information to the public. Now, as we move
0: forward, what what year was it, or time frame was it that he left? He was in the United States and he fled or left when he was fearful of being charged. Explain that to me.
1: So he was he was in London mm-hmm. and he and he was um, there was a bail hearing um, on whether or not. He should go back to, I believe it was Switzerland or Sweden. I think it was Switzerland. It's been a while. And um, he jumped that here. He did not. Okay, let me, let me
0: go back to that part of it then, because I know a little bit about it. And you can correct me if I get any of these. Go ahead. It's been a while. Go ahead. So while he was under investigation or being targeted by Democrats and Republicans in some instances for this work that he did, he was, I will use the word based on what I know looks like he was framed or accused of a crime in Switzerland or Sweden, where you said that he was never ultimately convicted of. I'm not even sure he was, was he, I guess they just dropped
1: the charges. He was, no, they didn't even bring the the charges. charges. He wasn't even indicted.
0: There's a series of people this happened to who are all connected to WikiLeaks, by the way, they were targeted in some kind of operation. It looks like to controversialize them and hurt them and in his case there were i think two women who claimed that he had done something sexual to them at a conference and again this smeared him and tainted him and yet as you just said he was never charged with it which has happened in other cases where people were accused of something like this but then never charged but they were smeared and tainted anyway so right. in this time period when somebody decided to looks like gen up these charges against him he was in Ecuador?
1: No, he was in London. He was in London. He contacted the Ecuadorian embassy in London
0: Okay.
1: and asked if it would, I I believe he has several embassies, but if it would allow him to, to come in and seek asylum so he couldn't be Brought back to Switzerland and um and 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 be deemed a, a bail jumper because it was a bail hearing, so and so the one, em- of em-
0: one of the, the embassy they-
1: said yes come in they welcomed welcomed him in
0: but that changed so so then he was held in that embassy for some time you can fill in a few blanks and then all of a sudden I guess did the leadership change in Ecuador which changed his standing at the embassy in London.
1: Yeah, so he was in there for six years. Think about it. Just in a confined to an embassy, couldn't walk out in the backyard because it was in the middle of London. So it's not there's not even a yard there. Um, he could look out the window. Um, pictures have been shown by him looking out the window of the embassy for, it was over six years. And yes, government change. Uh, our belief is that U.S. started putting on tremendous amount of pressure on the British. And then in, I want to say, April of 2019, he was essentially physically pulled from the embassy by his hands and his feet put into a paddy wagon in london Is that by london then, authorities uh, by london authorities and brought to a maximum security jail where he's been sitting for if it was 9 april 19 2021 i mean four years four years he's been sitting in this jail and during that process they've been uh, the us has been trying to extradite him which has been a very long fight for both sides, the USA and Assange. And right now it appears there's another hearing um, on February 19th and 20th, and it appears that he will be extradited. He will come back to the U.S. And when he's in the U.S., he will be put in jail in Virginia and he will be facing federal charges under the Espionage, Espionage Act. And there will be a trial, unless he pleads guilty, which I wouldn't imagine, against him. Uh, for this for allegedly violating the Espionage Act,
0: so when he was dragged out of the ecuadorian Ecuadorian embassy in London, the charges had not been brought by the girls or the women in the other country. So had charges separate from that related to these other things been brought? Like how is he being held now under what under what accusations?
1: so so, so now he's actually being held um. Really, it's the U.S. The U.S. has has uh, has let the the British know. Everyone knows that there's an indictment against him, and they basically put him in jail to determine whether or not the U.S. can extradite him to the U.S. He's just sitting in in jail in London, waiting because nothing ever happened in Switzerland. So he's just waiting for determination. There's really no crimes in London. There's no crimes anywhere else. There's no alleged crimes. The only alleged crime, the only indictment, is in the U.S. So he's waiting there. And there's a massive fight going on as to whether or not the U.S. will be able to extradite him. The court ruled it would. Uh, He had a a lot of defenses, including his well-being. His well-being, from what we've seen, has not been good. And notwithstanding that, uh, it appears as if he will lose the final appeal. And the only criminal complaint against him is in the U.S., which he'll be brought back for and tried.
0: Is that normal that when one country like the US wants to extradite someone who's in another country, that that country would hold the person in jail or prison, or is it some arrangement we have with the United Kingdom that that's the case or is this special?
1: Yeah. So I'm not a criminal lawyer, but my understanding is that it is of the norm that if somebody, um, if there's a attempt to extradite, then the local authorities will hold them. There was a woman in Italy. I forgot her name who allegedly killed, some of her roommates several years ago um and she was ex- held in prison in italy and finally brought back to the us and she was tried and i think she was um uh acquitted i can't remember her name but but um yes it is common for the um sovereigns to uh, work together so we're,
0: get, I, we're getting to your lawsuit don't worry i'm <laughs> sorry what we're getting to the subject that we're really here to talk that's to quite right. It's quite, i think
1: the whole thing is on the one hand fasting on the other hand it's very sad that this poor man is facing this for being a reporter being a publisher.
0: Well, um what is he exactly charged with in the US? What does that indictment say? And do you know do you remember when that came down?
1: Sure. It says that he is um I actually have it on my system. He's it says that he um is guilty of violating what's called the Espionage Act. The Espionage Act is the same act upon which the Federal government is going after Donald Trump for the the Miami, Florida, taking top secret information um, and for which many Republican senators now should say it should be thrown out. But he's essentially being being um, uh, going to be tried on that act. Um, The actual I can get you the date of the um, of the indictment. I have it here. I have to find it. But but that's why he's being brought back. He's being brought back um, to determine whether or not he, he he violated this um, the U.S. Espionage Act.
0: Now he's married if I understand correctly he hasn't has he been able to see family or wife does he have kids what is his personal status all this time?
1: So um, just I found it quickly the um, the indictment is dated March 6 2018 against him and the um, after you go to the general counts and I'll get to your next question uh, that's basically what he's what, what they are going after him for there's only um really, uh, one count of a conspiracy and violation of the Espionage Act with um uh Chelsea Chelsea Manning providing information. Um now, as far as his family goes, yes, I he has he has, I believe two children. He is married. Uh, he sits in jail, so he doesn't have the opportunity to see anyone. People do visit him. Um, it is uh, a maximum security prison that he's in, which is somewhat. Bothersome. The only good part of that is that maximum security in Britain, in Great Britain, is not as bad as maximum security in the U.S. But still, it's maximum security for uh, even assuming he's guilty for wrongfully publishing information ages ago. So it just it's it's a very tough uh it, it's been a very tough road for him
0: it doesn't look like he's ever been proven to be some sort of physical threat to anybody like these criminals that would normally be in supermax or whatever
1: not at all not at all he's never been and they don't even they don't even allege he was a threat Has he that seen he, his
0: family and kids in six years plus or whatever i'm sorry has he seen his wife and children over the years
1: yeah i, I they do visit uh he does get he's allowed visitors um i know people that uh, people that I know, uh, including lawyers and journalists, have visited him, but it's prison. You go, you take everything you have, you put it in a locker and you visit him for half an hour, an hour, and then you leave and he goes back to his jail cell. So it's it's, it's tough. It's very tough.
0: So where do you enter the picture?
1: So I enter the picture uh, back in 2017 and 18 and 19, numerous individuals went to visit him at the Ecuadorian embassy uh lawyers journalists physicians and when they went to the embassy they had to del- drop off their it's like you go to a jail cell uh drop off their laptops their phones they had to drop off any electronic recording or any electronic equipment and they basically walked in empty-handed and um unbeknownst to the individuals that visited uh uh Julian Assange the the they were be they're, they're, the information they were leaving at the front desk was being imaged and copied by the CIA. Um, sounds crazy, but there's a lot of facts, and I'll get to that. Um, but copied by the CIA and then sent to Langley. So if you could imagine, my clients, for example, is a Margaret Kunstler, who is a um the wife of the former um very well known civil rights lawyer Bill Kunstler, who died years ago. Um, she would go visit him and talk about either the case or the law or whatever. And while she was doing that, not only were they taping and recording the meetings, but they were outside imaging all of her equipment. And it's true with doctors, doctors that went to see him. And, and the reason why it's bothersome is, number one, it violates the Fourth Amendment. Uh, you can't do a search and seizure of someone unless you have a search warrant. But and number does that, two- does that apply,
0: Just briefly, does that apply on foreign soil?
1: It applies to any U.S. citizen on foreign soil. Yes, absolutely. But they have to be a U.S. citizen. So the people that visited him from the rest of the world, it doesn't apply to, but it does. And that's the purpose of our lawsuit. And he's a
0: U.S. citizen? I'm sorry? He's not a U.S. citizen, but the people who visited him were.
1: Exactly. He is not, but the people were. But not only did they wrongfully take information but think about it his doctors went in and and his lawyers went in so the lawyer that has a laptop that drops it off at the embassy if they're imaging everything in the laptop they're taking attorney-client information between that lawyer and other clients which they're not entitled to they're taking medical information between that doctor and other clients and they're listening <laughs> he's got the the, the the federal government is suing him is trying to put him in jail for a very long time for life in the u.s he's meeting with his criminal defense lawyer in the embassy because the indictment was, was down long before then. And they're listening to his conversations not only with his lawyers, but with his criminal defense lawyer defending the case against them. And the reason why we know all this, it sounds crazy and it sounds almost like a novel, but the reason why we're so, we, we're, we're, we're certain this happened is because there's a lawsuit pending in, in, Spain, in Madrid, Spain. And in Madrid, Spain, we learned that individuals that were working at the embassy, um, some of whom were Spanish, actually were um, uh, submitted affidavits and testified that they were told to copy everything and send it to Langley. This is the people working there. And we have sworn statements. We have videotapes of what they did. So so there's a tremendous amount of evidence that we've learned in the Spanish proceeding, <laughs> some of which is confidential, but most of which is is out there in public, and and El Pais, the one of the largest newspapers in in, in Madrid, is constantly publishing um, articles about this proceeding. So once we learned about this proceeding in Spain, we said, wait a minute, if he's taking uh, everyone's information, how can he take U.S. citizens' information without a search warrant? And we did a little investigating, and we learned. That not only did Mike Pompeo, when he first became the director of CIA, say that he's going to he's going to nail join Assange. But we learned that there were these surreptitious meetings in one of which was in in Las Las Vegas uh, Sands, where individuals of the CIA met with a company called UC Global and devised a plan upon which which they implemented to take all the information that was available to them, not just Assange, but other people's. And send it off to the cia and so we have a tremendous amount of evidence uh so on my lawsuit getting back to my lawsuit is on behalf of those individuals who are americans who actually went into the embassy to visit assange and unbeknownst to them had everything of theirs recorded and sent to see to the cia now the cia obviously has has had uh, has made motions is trying to get rid of this case but The federal court judge uh, very recently said, no, no, this is not right. If, in fact, this happened, I want to know. So the court denied the motions to, and mostly denied the motion to dismiss. They granted it on behalf of Pompeo. He's no longer in the case, but the CIA is in the case. And the CIA is a defendant in a federal court proceeding in the Southern District of New York with a very respected judge, Judge Cattell. And uh, they are going to have to answer questions as to why they are taking information of individuals that really uh, may have known Assange, but none of the information has, has relates to Assange. And even if it did, they don't have a right to, to take this information without a search warrant. So that's essentially the basis of our lawsuit. And as I said, the, the CIA made a motion to dismiss. The court denied it. Greg let Pompeo out. And now we're going forward discovery and we're going to get information on the, the meetings, the clandestine meetings in, in Las Vegas. Between the individual of the CIA and the individuals at a company called UC Global, and the payments to the CIA, and what was actually sent over to Langley, so there's a lot to explore. And and what's up well, the, the, There's an irony here. I'm sorry for just speaking. If you want to ask questions, okay. you can certainly do. Some, but the irony here is that Julian Assange is being is being charged for wrongfully taking information um, in violation of the Espionage Act, and the CIA did. Far worse, they, without a search warrant, wrongfully took information and are reviewing it of Julian Assange. So it's there's a certain irony here, where where while they're accusing, they're gonna he's gonna go to trial, um for for being involved in the wrongful taking when they're doing the exact same thing, and 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 it is troublesome. It's troublesome that the CIA would go to such lengths. In fact, there was an article in in Yahoo saying there was an attempt to even assassinate him, which I don't know if that's true, but. Strange stuff by the federal government.
0: What do you suspect would be the CIA's interest in it unless they were sharing this information with the Department of Justice and FBI that wants to prosecute Assange, which they shouldn't be doing under our laws, from my understanding. They can't listen in on defense strategy and then share it with the prosecutors. Um, But what was there any indication they did that, A, and B, are they just looking do you think to get Julian Assange or was there some legitimate interest? Do you think that they're concerned he's some kind of spy and who he might've been talking to?
1: Yeah. So the, on the a uh, we don't know um, what they've done with it. That's what we're going to learn. Who has, it, where'd it go? Who has it? Who reviewed it? Did Do that? have they? is it in their, Trial files the 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 United States District Attorney's Office trial files, uh, which essentially are trying to prosecute him so we don't know what that's part of our that's part of our discovery we're going to find that out. But on the on the reason, uh, the reason is, uh, it's, it's, it's really odd but Mike Pompeo had some agenda against Julian Assange, uh, we plead in our complaint. That when he the very first speech he comes to New York, he's appointed director of the CIA. And his very first speech, he says, and I'm pulling up the complaint, so I have a quote. He says essentially that um Mr. Assange, uh, then this is in April of 2017. He says that Mr. Um he perceived him as as hostile to the US. He perceived him um not as a publisher and he said quote it's time to call out wikileaks for what it really is a non-state hostile intelligence service and he kept going every month every every month they remind people that you can be an intern at the cia and become a really dynamite whistleblower basically he's going after him for these whistleblowers he called he called um assange in, in the speech a narcissist a fraud a coward and it's so odd because your first speech as director of cia wouldn't you think You're going to have more of an omnibus approach. Here's what we're doing. it can be general. It's the CIA. But here's what we're working on. He targeted on Julian Assange in that first speech like never before. So I don't know the reason, but there's something that led the CIA back then to really try to, to bring him down and learn everything about him. And that essentially has become the domino effect that led to the indictment that led to where we are today.
0: Was Pompeo dismissed from the lawsuit because of immunity that government officials enjoy for their actions?
1: Essentially, yes. Uh, he has immunity. Um, he he is a you know a, a director of a um, agency, so he cannot be. There is some authority that says he can be. His case called Bivens by the U.S. Supreme Court. But at the end of the day. It's very hard to have him be a party. We will depose him. Uh, the extent that the CIA doesn't evoke some kind of a state secrets privilege, we will take his deposition. But we couldn't, we, we the court did, the court reasoned that he cannot be named. And yes, that was a reason.
0: Much more after a short break. Age of a highly controlled media landscape, it's never been more important to fight the heavy hand of censorship and support truly independent journalism. Go to CherylAxon.com and click on the store tab for a great way to do that. There are all kinds of fun and functional products designed specifically for independent and free thinkers like you, featuring slogans like I tested positive for critical thinking, and I need to find some new conspiracy theories all my old ones came true. Proceeds support independent journalism causes like the Ion Awards for off-narrative accurate reporting. Go to CherylAckison.com and click the store tab today. I think it's worth going into this just a little deeper because, based on some things I've learned, Congress needs to pass some kind of law that takes away this really broad immunity for government officials because I don't think the immunity. Was intended initially to exempt people from bad or even criminal acts they may have overseen or committed. It was intended to make make it where government officials don't have to be tied up in court all the time with, you know, spurless claims and things that aren't frivolous claims, I guess I should say, but not to give them immunity against legitimate claims. And I ran up against this in my lawsuit as you may or may not know, I was spied on by the government. I have the IP addresses, I have the forensics, there's no doubt. But because of the immunity, it's almost impossible to hold anybody accountable. And even to get, I'm surprised you're getting as far as you are. I'm I'm glad for you because it should be heard. But in our case, they're in essence requiring me to have the power to do an investigation without any investigative authority and be able to tell them who all did what before I can have discovery that we need to figure out who did what. I mean, we know the problem occurred and the intrusions that's that's not in dispute, but we can't get very far because the court and the law requires us to have evidence that they won't give. Furthermore, when you want to depose Pompeo, when we want to depose people direct with direct knowledge about my case, we're being told that we have to get the government's permission to do so. And they're denying permission. It's almost like you have to go to a a murder and say, would you please answer some questions about the case against you? And if he says, no, you don't get to do it under the way, the way our laws work right now. How are you yeah, navigating and, some of those challenges?
1: Yeah. And so to your point, you're absolutely right. The immunity doctrine it, it, in principle, it makes sense. If a government official is doing something uh, um, as a government official, and it's not a crime and it's not something that's, that's untoward, then there should be some immunity that attaches, but if they step over that line, then immunity should attach. And today, ironically, today the, the three-member person of the uh, um, panel of the thirds of the um, uh, appeals court of the District of Columbia just ruled this morning that Donald Trump does not have immunity for acts he actions he engaged in in during during January of 2020. So there, there. I mean, there is this. may be, this will help this decision. There is a slight move toward. Um, immunity being for something which you're immune. And it, it should be a blanket protection. Uh, Trump was arguing, of course, this is a blanket protection for everything you did. And, and today, the three-panel unanimously, the three-member panel unanimously unanimously decided no, this immunity doesn't go that far. And if Pompeo, back to my case, or if in your case, the government official is not acting and the beneficiaries of government has, has it a vendetta or is doing something which is illegal or something which is inappropriate, then that immunity should be limited. It shouldn't be this blanket immunity. I, I, I don't know how much today's decision will change that. It may not, but yeah, to your point, they, they stand behind, they do what they want and they stand behind this immunity blanket and they can't be touched.
0: Sadly, the way it starts to look to me is, things apply differently depending on who they're talking to. So the immunity may well be deemed to apply to Pompeo in your case, if the judge or whoever doesn't like Assange, doesn't sound like you're having that problem, but the immunity is no good for Donald Trump if they don't like Donald Trump. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but it's just starting to look like the law is not equally applied to everybody.
1: We're back to the old uh, Gore versus uh, Dole uh, decision where, you know, the U.S., the, the Florida Supreme Court wanted a Democrat to be president. So they talked about the old um, uh, hanging chads and ruled one way. Supreme Court wanted the <coughs> Republican to be president. They ruled, You're right. I mean, politics do play, um, unfortunately, into these decisions. And you mean, Goran, you mean Gore and Bush. I'm sorry. Gore and Bush. <laughs> me. It was a while ago. Gore and Bush, not Dole. Gore and Bush, we know what happened with Gore and Bush, and the Supreme Court in Florida essentially said Gore should be the president, and the Supreme Court in the United States said, no, it shouldn't. It should be Bush. So so yeah, I mean, politics plays into it, and 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 what's interesting, not really on point, but what's interesting is with Trump is it's going to play into the next decisions by the U.S. Supreme Court on whether or not, for example, he's... Sh- he should not be able to run under the Fourteenth Amendment, or whether he should have immunity. These are all issues, they're ve- and they're very important issues in this country. And, and getting back to our case and, and your situation, uh, there should be no immunity if they've engaged in wrongdoing, and and it it, it it's not a shield to any kind of lawsuit. And uh, this judge ruled that Pompeo is uh, cannot be subject to, to the law to, to litigation. I don't agree with it. I do get it. But if you have someone that 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 unquestionably steps over the line and I'm not sure what they did in your instance, then, yeah, why are they immune? Why, how can they get a free pass when they engage in wholly inappropriate conduct?
0: Well, again, it's my impression. And I've been told as we've looked at this, that Congress could pass a law, not that anybody in Congress is lobbying Congress. The laws get passed today, by and large, by special interests and money interests lobbying Congress and writing the bills and passing the laws. And there is no such thing that's looking to do the thing I'm suggesting, but I'm suggesting Congress could and should pass a simple law that says this immunity is not intended to apply, you know, broad immunity to government officials who have committed wrongdoing. It's it's pretty simple, but there's no one who backs such a thing, because no one's paying members of Congress to create such a bill. So I think we're-
1: Yeah, and they're also giving themselves liability. So it's good. It's a hard sell. Uh, Hopefully the courts will start restricting it. Today's decision is a little helpful, uh, but you're right. Uh, It becomes, unfortunately, the courts have become political, too political. Uh, But yeah, uh, if, if in fact, in my instance, Pompeo engaged in wrongdoing, you should be held accountable. No different than anyone else.
0: How many clients do you represent whose material was looked at?
1: So in the case, we have, we've had uh, dozens and dozens of people that have come to us. Uh, many of them are not U.S. citizens, so I can't, um, we can't represent them. So we represent, in our case, essentially we have four plaintiffs. We have two lawyers, um, Margaret Kunstler, who I mentioned. We have Deborah Urbex, who's a, who's a lawyer, and two uh, journalists, uh, John Goetz and Charles Glass, who essentially go in just to write a story on anything on wikileaks on assange on what's uh, and and meet with him and i mean notes to them their stories are all imaged by the federal government now there are other people um we limited it uh, one of the reasons is because a it had to be as i said a u.s citizen but b it had to be during a certain time period the allegations the complaint is that all of this happened from 2017 to 2019 so if a u.s citizen went in in twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen, because he was there for six years, then they would not be a member of our of our of our group. So it's a very limited group. And the purpose really is to um A to address, redress their their, their grievance, but also to shed light on on what's going on with the federal government and how it's not uh what you believe is out there is not really out there that they're engaging in some really inappropriate conduct and they should be held accountable.
0: Well, sadly, there's been a drip, drip, slippery slope of them being allowed to do things that have hardly even raised eyebrows now, because 20 years ago, I think something like this, people would have rightly in the media been outraged and reporting on it. They're not so much, you know, by and large. Um, Other things similar to this have happened. I know Victoria Tunsing, who is a Trump, was a Trump lawyer. um, The Department of Justice secretly got a subpoena or the ability to look at her uh material because they wanted to look at whatever her donald trump material was a couple years ago and didn't notify her as they're required to do normally because they i think falsely stated or argued she was a flight risk so they couldn't let her know that they were looking through her client files they got on her icloud and looked at all of her clients files or could have because it's all, it's not segregated. So anything they looked at, just like you allege the CIA did and saw, exposed them to all kinds of other people and clients, you know, violating attorney-client privilege, arguably with Trump, but even with totally unrelated people. And nothing's happened. There's been no outcry over that. She's just can't believe that, you know, that was allowed to happen. And it's a huge violation of everything we think the government's supposed to do in fairness and it's it's
1: bad it's 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 terrible and uh we leave it up to the courts there's some very good judges out there and but if a judge issues a subpoena issues a search warrant for in this example the records then they have an obligation to look for maybe it was difficult i don't know the facts but they have an obligation to look at the records they are seeking subpoenaing not to do a you know just a wholesale review of review of everything that that she has and and that is a, it is a problem everything everything has become very adversarial from the politics to the you know to to the criminal cases it was always adversarial but now it's hard to have a conversation without it turning into an argument about these issues
0: my last question what is do you suspect is the timeline on your case what's next what should we be watching out for and making sure people understand this is separate from the Assange criminal case, although it sounds like you're keeping up to speed on that, too.
1: Right. So it is. This is a civil matter, not a criminal matter. And this is in New York, not in Virginia. Uh, on Friday of this week, the CIA will be putting its answer into the complaint. As I said, they tried to get rid of it. They didn't. So they have an obligation to, to file their a- it, it's, its answer. It's going to be a very vanilla answer, uh, most likely just denial of the allegations. And then we begin discovery. We're supposed to start discovery this month. Uh, we're going to have a, a case management plan for the judge, and we're going to take that, get it the judge. The judge will give us a roadmap for dates of, of of when things are due. My prediction is that discovery will proceed probably into the summer. At which point in time we may need more time, we may not. There's a, the whole Spain element falls into this because there's documents we need from Spain, so it complicates things. But that's the, the timeline. I would say is in, within this year we're going to be well uh, underway and maybe even ready for trial. One of the the other complications, so Spain is obviously one complication. The other complication is that I know that the government's going to use what's called a state secret privilege, and they're going to say, no different than your immunity issue, you can't have this. And so we're going to have to go to the judge. Uh, I would not be surprised if on Friday with the answer. We get a motion, a state secrets privilege motion that we're going to have to go to the judge and fight that fight. Uh, they're not going to make it easy for us. And. Um, it's unfortunate because these people that went to visit him, they're not criminals, they're not alleged criminals, they have nothing to do. The, the, the wrong they committed was they went to visit somebody in an embassy. And so the CIA is going to fight hard, long and hard. But quite frankly, I don't think this judge is going to just bar us from obtaining discoverable information. So that's where we are. I would predict the next six months, a lot more will happen.
0: Well, good luck to you because this issue definitely should be heard out, and I think people should be absolutely outraged when the government that works for us is supposed to serve at our behest and our pleasure, and they're paid by us, uses or weaponizes their powers to do things they're not supposed to do against us, and then hides under this shield when, technically, in my view, we own all that information they gather. And I understand there are rare exceptions when we can't see some of it. But in general, they should have to answer all the questions and produce all the material, and it's just not working that way. So I hope you, I hope you meet with success in getting at the the truth here. I appreciate it. Thank you, you Cheryl,
1: and thank you for having me. I, this is something which I think has to be brought to the attention of the U, of the U.S. citizens.
0: Introducing whipped seafoam body butter by Sirenane Cosmetics. Hi, I'm Star, owner of the Lemonade Mermaid. Enriched with the nourishing powers of cocoa butter, mango butter, and shea butter, our body butter whisks you away to a world of deep hydration. Experience the essence of the sea with every application, as this whipped delight leaves your skin refreshed, replenished, and ready to conquer the day. Visit TheLemonadeMermaid.com and make your skin sing with the magic of the sea. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and if you did, you'll leave a great review and share it with your friends. And check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours, for more original reporting and interviews on off-narrative topics that powerful interests often try to censor. It's never been more important to support independent reporting. You can do that by going to the CherylAckeson.com website, click the Store tab, and browse our great products The most popular new slogan that I have on products there is, I need to find some new conspiracy theories. All the old ones came true. Proceeds support causes like the Cheryl Atkinson Ion Awards, giving cash awards recognizing and encouraging independent off-narrative reporting by college students and professionals. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.